0: Hey Sasha! Hey Courtney! What's the difference between a Yeti summer body and winter body? I don't know, what? The summer body has more popsackles. <laughs> it's spoop hour, it's- and that's a very niche joke! to those of you who follow Burbs Rights Activist on Twitter which is a great Twitter account who described the difference between summer body and winter body as summer body has more (laughs) popsackles which is what I aspire to every single year exactly Welcome to Spoop Hour, Paranormal Comedy Podcast, hosted by two Halloweenies. I'm Sasha. I'm Courtney, and I'm definitely going to remember to put the Christmas music in this one. We have holiday theme music that every year we get so excited about, and then last week it's fucking December, and my dumbass doesn't put the holiday music in the episode. So So my mother (laughs) texts me and she goes, no Christmas music? Question mark. And I'm like, yeah, damn. damn it!" I was at work and I just like put my head down. So
1: we're going to have an extra week of Christmas music in January. Yeah,
0: we're celebrating the Epiphany. Yeah. We're doing the full fucking 12 days. The Yule lads are coming, and we're going to play the goddamn song for every single one of them, and I think there were 12. There might be 13. It's also, been a while.
1: In our like little like insert music here. I just did a very high pitch like ding 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 weekend we had our department Christmas party Uh and this year people brought like their children and Mm -hmm. so at some point we were like coloring and then all of a sudden she just started singing Like nutcracker music. Oh. But she just kept singing the same, like, 16 notes over and over again. And, like, towards the end of the night, I was, like, trying to wear down her batteries so that her mom could, like, go put her to bed. Right. So, two of us were just, like, sitting on the floor, rocking back and forth, singing it, and then going just a little louder each time, a little louder each time, a little (laughs) louder each time. And her mom walked in and was like, What are you guys doing? And we were like,
0: Ah. You weren't supposed to come in. If you hear us talking about our Twitter account, you want to check it out. It's at Spoop Hour. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram we're not on facebook because we're just not we're just not it's fine it's fine don't worry about it if you'd like us to be on facebook you can fucking email us i learned recently from spotify there might be more of you than i think there are yeah and i haven't come to terms with that yet yeah anyway did anything spooky happen to you this week sorry real quick can we say snack because i want to take a bite of it i went to district donut this morning because Mm -hmm. their seasonal wintertime donut is the cannoli donut which is my favorite donut In the entire world. also
1: cannolis are fucking delicious. And also
0: cannolis are fucking delicious. If you have the opportunity to go to District Donut and get the cannoli donut, 100% do. You can tell them I sent you, but they don't know who I am, so they'll just be confused. Yeah. But I brought us back donuts, and we are splitting the orange chocolate one. Yes. Chocolate orange is a very UK Christmas thing, right? Also, shout out to people in the UK. Yeah. Sorry about the election. That fucking blows. Yeah. Mm. Hang in there, buddies. Anyway,
1: donuts. Now I want to buy one of those chocolate oranges. Yesterday hmm. I went to Trader Joe's to get some like sweet treats for a friend's Christmas party down mm-hmm. in Richmond and I got jingle jangle which I will bring us Jingle Jangle next weekend. Sasha That's, keeps
0: promising me drugs and then she doesn't bring me well, drugs. Well, because I want to do the
1: Jingle Jangle and the Christmas gifts next weekend when we have our that Christmas. That makes episode, sense. You know Aww. what I mean? Yeah, we should wear so, our like, So Christmas I just spoiled what our Christmas snack is going to be. But That's it's fine. It's going to be Jingle Jangle. We
0: spoiled what the Christmas yeah. episode is going to be called last week. Spoiler alert, I still have written down a <laughs> Krampus takedown. <laughs> Krampus takedown. Which I still want. Like, that should be a new Christmas tradition really where you should. just like insult someone at yeah. Christmas time. It's a Krampus takedown. Like a roast battle. Exactly. Anyway. I also got the
1: dark chocolate covered jojo's covered in like candy cane mm-hmm. but they had like the chocolate oranges there and i was like i'm coming back for you i'm coming back for you i, I won't forget you because
0: you're being like dragged out of the right. store in tears no i am come back for you
1: i have treats i need to buy for like some like administrators and coworkers at work so mm-hmm. i'm like oh, i'll just do that like wednesday
0: when you came in i was yeah. mid baking for my coworkers. Okay, sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's late night on a Sunday. I say late night. It's eight o'clock. That's it, late, late for us. It's super um, late. Tomorrow's school.
1: S- yeah. Mark. So, it's not so much that there anything, like, too creepy happened, but it was more mm-hmm. like, yesterday, I went to a Christmas party, uh, I went down to Richmond, I got, very to see, scary. got to see my friend Duffy, and then I got to, like, kind of link up with a bunch of, like, college friends I hadn't seen in a really long time, and yep. we all picked up from where
0: we left off, and I was like, wow, That's time, the- time is meaningless! But were any of them wearing glasses to show the time the had time passed? Time had passed, yes! <gasps> see? Several of them have John gotten Lane glasses right. since
1: college, but it was just, like, this very nice thing where it was, like, time means nothing, everything just connects, and Yay. they were fine, but... The creepy thing that happened to me today was finding out that the 2003 movie Love Actually, the two actors, Kieran Knightley and Thomas Brody Sangster, Thomas Brody Sangster being the little boy who was playing the drums. I to, don't like where this sentence is to, going. To, like the girl then, who sings all I the stuff for sing, Christmas. Yeah, is yeah. He you. Wants,
0: right, and he's like a little, little, little wee lad, lad, right? Who goes on to be in Game of Thrones? Yeah. Please and don't say what you're gonna say. No, I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't. Your brain
1: is going somewhere different. Okay. Yeah. But he was 13 during, or like he he was probably 12, 13 when they filmed it. Okay. Kira Knightley was only like. 18 at the time, too. So, like, the creepy thing that I found out was that, like, their age gap was only five years different, even though, like, their two stories were so. He's a child and she's she's gotten married. gotten married, like, a fully, like, actualized (laughs) adult. But then I was also like, ugh. I thought you were gonna say, like, like a bunch of. I mean, like, how. She was born 1985, and so it just, like, sent me into, like, a like a like a spiral into Wikipedia where I was just like, wait, so how old was Chittowell 4 He was born in 1977. Oh, wow. And um, Andrew, Andrew Lincoln was born in 1973. And I was like, oh, my God, you guys stay, stay away from Kira Knightley. Stay away from her. She's <laughs> so <that> a child. <laughs> was, that was the creepy thing that I found out, that in 2003, Kira Knightley was closer in age to the, the chi- child in the in film. movie yes. than to the other the adults. husband and her
0: other love interest. Yeah. I thought you were going to say they were the same age, which was going to upset me. Oh,
1: no, no, no. They were just, like, they could have been <laughs> in the same school together. Oh, yeah. also, do you want to see, the, like, a terrible thing that happened to me? I guess. I don't like that you're pulling your leg up. Oh, my God. Do you see this?
0: What giant... kind of weird hickey is on your leg? So,
1: okay. Yesterday, I, grab, I had tote bags of stuff carrying into sure. my friend's house like for a Christmas party. And a... Like, bench appeared out of nowhere, I didn't see it, and I ran my shin into it, and so I guess the creepy thing was that a bench materialized right where I turned around. That's and fair, I, and now you
0: have a very oval-shaped I have, bruise. I have an
1: oval-shaped bruise and, and like a dent. A, looks so like, like a donut. the part that's still beige, yeah. like, my skin color is just a hole. Like, it hit it is so is hard donut. that it, like, burst the skin, like, it's the a, blood around it. It's a donut. That's a strange bruise. It's a donut. So I have a Sorry. donut-shaped bruise on my shin. You can imagine how much it hurts. It really hurts. I didn't mean to
0: taunt you with the donut snack, <laughs> but now I realize, oop. So anyway, anyway anything creepy happened to you this week? The spooky thing that happened to me... I had forgotten about until, for some reason, we were talking about people being in attics and living there and things like that, and if my attic counts as being haunted, because I'm 30. Oh, yeah. I sent you that tweet. You did, about how, like, when you're 30, you should have, like, certain things, and one of them is, like, a haunted room or closet, and I'm like, count the attic, yes. Ah. Well, I came home, I think this was actually after we recorded Mm -hmm. last episode, I went upstairs to my room, Yeah. and I went in my closet, and my closet has these, like, built-in shelves, Mm Hmm. And usually, mostly I use them to store junk that should really go to Goodwill. Yeah. But, like, one of the things in them is, like, a backpack full of miscellaneous, like, craft shit. Sure. Sure. You know, whatever. And it it doesn't really move unless I need to go in there for something. But I haven't gone into this backpack for, like, I don't know, six months. Mm -hmm. And I went up to my room, and that backpack was on the floor of my closet. Oh. And it's not something like the weight could have just shifted and it fell out of the cubby because it was far back in the cubby and there was nothing that could like roll or adjust in there. And my first thought was, oh, my God, somebody came out of the attic and their foot hooked on the, the strap of the backpack and it dropped to the ground. And then I was like, oh, my God, you're, you're a cat. I know, but she doesn't go in the cubbies. But then I, I, like, I told myself the cat did it, but well, then, like, adding to my fun terror was, like, I was the only person around, mm-hmm. and I hadn't made my bed very well that morning, yeah. so, like, I had, like, a ball of sheet oh, under no, my like comforter, so it looked like a person was under my comforter, and I was, like, they're in my fucking bed. So I kind of just, like, went over there and just, like, thumped onto it, and it was just sheet. Yeah. But anyway, that I was I scared scary. myself
1: this morning, because I pulled the blankets in a certain way that it looked like there was a lump under Ugh. it, but... I was just thinking like you said, "Oh, she never goes in there." Well, I also thought my cat never got on the kitchen counter. Oh, the ki- cat counters I assume
0: are open and open game. Cuz
1: I'd never seen it, and then one day this week she was really quiet, and I was like, "Where did she go?" And then She's like, "Bitch, I'm on the counter." In the dark, I just saw this little figure in front of the sink, and I was like, "Oh no." "Oh no." So I mean, maybe she she doesn't go in there when you are around.
0: I guess. Like, I've seen her go in other built-in shelves, but that one in particular would be hard for her to get into. The cat did it. It's just to make you feel better, the cat did it. (laughs) Are you in cahoots with the man who lives in my attic? oh God. I'm (laughs) I'm I'm on to you. (laughs) This is like the final, well, not the final season, but like the second to last season of Pretty Little Liars. Oh God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. That's how crazy Pretty Little Liars gets. Anyway, what are we talking about this week? Yetis. What? In our spaghetti. Yikesy. I did make a pretty great French pun at you earlier You today. did. Septi. Yeah, seti. Seti. Which is, because set is seven, seven. in French. It and it we were trying to be pt. Yeah, we were trying to figure out what time to record, and I was like, yeti at seven, and then I put seti. Se- seti. Which is also the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, which mm. is the satellite thing where we're trying to have aliens talk to us. Yeah. We're not talking about those. We're talking about yetis. And some of this might be a repeat, our very second episode. Ever. Ever. So two years ago, we were young, we were nubile babies, we didn't know anything, and we were like, let's do another episode of this podcast that so we've done an episode of. We just like vaguely covered yetis as they related to the Dyatlov Pass incident. Mm-hmm. We discovered our beloved Momo the Fart Monster of Missouri, who was mm-hmm. a Missouri-based yeti slash sasquatch and hi that was the cat that was the cat who hopped up it wasn't a yeti being like i take issue with this so if we repeat ourselves from that episode we're very sorry it's been two years for us i specifically put on our schedule this this. like
1: a hundred something episodes that's
0: true so please please allow us this but like we're gonna take a deeper dive into yetis today than we did because we do research now and we have a nice well no we have the nice mic then yeah, but we're good at this. Good at we this. know what we're doing. We're just talking more Yeti. Yeah, yeah. Talking a lot of Yeti talk. So I have a bunch of like incidents of people seeing Yetis mm. or Yeti based things. So mm-hmm. like feats and stuff. Ooh. So I have pop culture and
1: like. You know, contemporary stuff, and then also just, like, Mental Floss had a nice list of just mysterious Yeti things. Yes. Yeah. Okay. why don't you tell me about Yeti footprints and Yeti tracking and all that?
0: A real quick overview in case you have not listened to our second episode, or if you're like, that was like two plus years ago, so much has happened since then, I've gained 8,000 years of knowledge in this head, I can't <laughs> possibly remember. 8,000 pounds. I, I mean, whom's among whomst us. among us. <laughs> I'm so old and 8,000 pounds heavier now than I was two years ago. Anyway, a Yeti... We kind of defined it in that episode, but I like to think that Yeti is probably the catch-all term for any kind of, like, Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Maybe Sasquatch is the catch-all. I don't know. I like Yeti better as a term. But it's just, like, a big, hairy hominid, so it kind of looks like a person but is bigger. It's kind of ape-like. It's got fur, and it lives in a remote area that's usually mostly wilderness, so Mm -hmm. be that Pacific Northwest, we're talking, like, woods and shit, or if we're talking, like, frozen tundras or mountain regions, like, things where you don't get a ton of humans, mm-hmm. you get this giant scary predator.
1: Yeah. And so, like, Mental Floss was saying that, you know, there's there's fossils that show that some kind of giant prehistoric ape once did in fact Rome, Asia. Which makes um, sense. And it was probably, like... A thousand, like, like, 1,100 pounds and 9 feet tall and died Same. out 300,000 years ago. Same. And, like, what you're saying is, like, a kind of a catch-all for all of those big hairy animals. Yeah. Is that yetis are usually actually cited as having dark hair and not oh. white hair like they're portrayed in, like, pop culture and, like, yeah. media. Because, like, most eyewitness accounts have them as, like, brown or reddish-brown. Yeah. And, in like, my
0: head, yetis are always white. But maybe yeah. I'm well, racist. No, me too. But, I mean,
1: like, but that's because in a lot of pop culture, snow, yeah. it's shown as, like, the yetis live in snow, so they are white, yeah. right? And we're also... We were doing that
0: thing... Do you remember those fucking moths that we learned about in the seventh grade? Yeah. Where they did a bad experiment, and then they were, like, these moths evolved to be darker colored because of the soot but then it turned out they fucked it up and like they basically just released a bunch of dirty moths into the wild yeah we're basically doing that to yetis (laughs) yeah
1: and like i mean even just the the name abominable snowman i get into where that came from yeah like was coined by like westerners and yeah yeah yeah. But but largely, they're seen in, like... Or the historical accounts have been, like, China, India, Nepal, Tibet, Bhutan, and Russia.
0: Yes. For specifically yetis. And then, obviously, you yeah. get... Sasquatch or Bigfoot sightings Momo. and Momo. Momo wow. is unique kind of to the, the the more like Midwesty part, but I think for the most part it's like Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. rural parts of Canada. Anywhere that you get a lot of woods, you're gonna get a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch legend. Yeah. So that's the basics of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Again, I just like Yeti as a term. Me too. It's it's nicer. Yeah. Bigfoot sounds insulting because I have kind of big feet. Yeah. So like I take it. I mean, I'm not agreeing, it. like, yeah, yeah. Girl, your, <laughs> God, feet, your feet are big. Feet- disgusting, you no, fucking hobbit! I mean, Get him out of here! <laughs> but I understand that, yeah. Like
1: Bigfoot, Sasha like, is literally holding back barf. Like, would you call, some, would you, like, like, would you call someone feet. like Big Nose?
0: Yeah, that's rude. It's
1: it's an insult. Yeah, or big ears. Yeah, it's
0: not like I'd call class an elephant a whole thing as being like, oh, how's it going, big ears? Like, <laughs> fuck you! Like, calm down. So I, I don't know. I don't like that. And Sasquatch is fun to say, but to me, Sasquatches are a very specific, specific original yeti. term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I like think, I think Yeti is probably the catch all. I don't regret it. i never regret Yeti. And I will never forget the Yeti. Ugh.
1: I'm going to be talking about Yeti for later.
0: Yay! Is that a spell in, in Harry Potter? Well, that and sp-
1: Yeti in my spaghetti.
0: There's a the Yeti in my spaghetti. This all came from Desiree News, Cool Green Science, Big nice. Think, LiveAbout.com, cool. and. National Geographic, Ooh. a very reputable source for talking about yetis, and you'll tell you can tell which part came from there because it gets more scientific and like naturally, and less like that. there yeti come stole all my hogs, <laughs> all the <you> feral hogs, <laughs> all the feral hogs. There were thirty to fifty of them. They were bearing down on my children. Then the yeti came and he ate all of them. I wish thirty to fifty feral hogs had lasted longer this year. Yeah, that's a great meme. That's a great meme. Pour one out for thirty to fifty feral hogs. They're coming. They want your children. <laughs> Sasha's miming porn went out for them. If you've ever seen the movie The Legend of Boggy Creek, my mom swears up and down that it was scary when she watched it the first time. She tried to show it to us and we're like... First of all... Why are you trying to show Courtney scary? <laughs> Secondly, it wasn't scary. It was like a documentary. But literally, everybody like that feral hog story was basically in that film of like I had a hog strolling up to my fence to dry out because I was gonna make me some salt pork, and I probably weighed two hundred fifty three pound this hog, and I was excited to make some salt pork with it, and some came stole my hog, and I assumed it had to be something big because it was a big hog, and it's like, oh, scary. <laughs> something stole my hog. Not another human, though. Definitely a Bigfoot, which is a rude name. Anyway. The first sighting of the Yeti that brought the creature to the attention of the Western world was likely in 1921, when British adventure botanist conservative politician, I put in my notes, boo, after that last one, <laughs> Colonel Charles Howard Bury tried to summit Everest, because that's the thing to do if you're a white man who likes climbing stuff. Also in 2019. Yeah, to this day. It's what white people love doing, is There's climbing There's so shit. much
1: poop on Mount Everest that is emerging because of climate change.
0: Yeah, because people just leave their shit, literally.
1: And it freezes, but you know what happens when the temperature gets higher? The it shit thaws. thaws, and the bacteria
0: comes back to life, and it stinks. So, Charles Howard Bury's journey took him on the Tibetan side of the mountain, which is mm-hmm. the north side, if you're familiar with mountains or Tibet or Everest. I'm not... And when he hit about the 17,000 foot mark, he noticed there were some strange footprints in the snow. So he asked his Sherpa guides about them, and they were like, Oh, those old things. Let me tell you about the mysterious man bear. Or snowman, but that's not as exciting. I liked man bear better. I'm assuming they used... (laughs) they're like what I like the it.
1: idea of snowman I just imagine you know the claymation snowman that's in like Elf and all of those yeah, other like, like holiday movies yeah and so
0: he just kind of slides, slides and he just like his <laughs> footprints are just no, slide like, marks no footprints it's just like a trench <laughs> meanwhile the Sherpa guides are like I can't believe we have to escort this asshole up the mountain let's tell him it's something scary because <laughs> he's like what is that and it's just like somebody went sledding right dashing
1: yeah. through the snow a one horse up inside. Snowman! All
0: Snowman! Oh, ah, ah, man, ah. man! <laughs> Late night! Woo. Woo! When he got back to England, Howard Burry, I'm realizing now it might be Howard Barry. I'm going to stick with Howard Burry. Howard Burry brought up the footprints in an interview with journalist Henry Newman. He's like, I saw these weird footprints. It looked like a big man foot, but it was like really big. I would say it was in fact a big foot, and it was at that time that Howard Burry coined one of the many names of the yeti, the abominable snowman. Mm-hmm. So it was when he was describing it, because I'm assuming he was like, and the locals called it the snowman, and the journalist was like, okay, and, and again
1: imagining just, the <laughs> just like oh snowman man. just sliding
0: around. He's like. I don't know, man. My kids and I made one of those this morning. That's not scary. And he was like, it was abominable. And he goes, okay, I guess I can sell that. Right. That was how the name was born. <laughs> you know, when you're telling your friend a story and your friend doesn't have the reaction you're expecting. I did that to a guy on a date once. He was telling me what he said was a very funny story. And then he got to the end of it. And I thought he was setting up for the punchline. So I kept sitting and waiting for him to finish telling a story. And then like five awkward seconds passed. And then I went... I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I genuinely thought there was going to be more to that story. <laughs> His name is Jack. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's the big reveal. Oh my god! <laughs> and I've been dating him ever since. Anyway, all aflutter with news of the yeti, even Sir Edmund Hillary, the New Zealand mountaineer and one of the first two people to summit Everest, the other being Tenzing Norgay, Sherpa mountaineer. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: the red panda I met in October is named Tenzing Aww. after this Tenzing. He's a very good boy, as this one was, although I imagine this one was not nearly as fluffy and He's cute. the goodest boy. The goodest boy, Tenzing. Anyway, so Sir Edmund Hillary is like, I heard about this Yeti shit. I'm planning on summiting Everest with my buddy Tenzing. Let's keep an eye out for this alleged snowman most abominable. So when they actually summited Everest, they were on the lookout for Yetis, but I don't I don't think they actually saw them. I couldn't yeah. find accounts of them being like. And then I saw a Yeti, possibly because they would take him less seriously. Than
1: yeah, he was probably like, I I'm just going to climb know this mountain, and uh, that's enough.
0: It's enough that I've climbed this very tall thing. Right? I don't also have to see a Yeti because then people are going to be like, Did you really climb the tall thing? Did you? Did you? Did you? Did you? And then shit got real. In 1951, British explorer Eric Shipton made his way over to Everest to try and find an alternate route. Because by this point, I believe Sir Edmund Hillary had already summited it. So he's like, okay, I can't be the first person to summit Everest. Maybe I can be the first to find a new route. So he's like, I'll go a different way. It'll be exciting. But instead, what he found was a mysterious footprint that looked as though it had been made by a hominid. Mm. He snapped a photo, and when he came back home, delivered the photo to the press. And this is that photo. You may recognize it from Expedition Everest, because ah! 100% this photo it, or a very close replica is, is used in the fake museum thing. Yes. This and the Love Pass incident. Come on, Disney. We're cribbing off of you, but really, you're cribbing off of real shit that happened, <laughs> <laughs> pretending like it's just a cutesy ride. Anyway. And this photo inspired Daniel Taylor, who eventually became the author of Yeti, The Ecology of a Mystery, to dedicate his life to finding the elusive beastie. Ooh. I realize that sounds like I'm being dramatic, but genuinely this man has searched for a yeti for 60 fucking years. Wow. Six decades of trying to figure out what the deal is with yetis. My God. So we're going to talk about him. Hmm. He saw this photo that Shipton had taken. Yeah. Yeah. In his childhood, and he asked a curator at the British Museum about it, because it was a very popular photo, and the British Museum may have even had a copy of it sure. up. So he's like, what's the deal with that photo? And the guy, the curator was like, eh, you know what, it's probably a Langer monkey. And little baby Daniel was like, how fucking dare you? Yeah. Like, in the National Geographic article where they profiled him and talked to him about it. He said, quote, This is outrageous. Some other animal must have made this mysterious human-like footprint. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just imagining this, like, seven-year-old being like, What's that? And him being like, Oh, it's probably a monkey footprint, little boy. And he's like, How dare you? That's not what that is. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, Where's your parent child? Where? So, <laughs> who? Whose child Who's is chi- this? Someone get your kid. I am not paid <laughs> enough for What child is this? this. <laughs> I'm paid, like, 1950s British minimum wage, which is probably, like, A shilling and a pound of treacle. Like, come on, guys. (laughs) All of our UK listeners are like, unsubscribe. (laughs) We don't have healthcare anymore. Yeah. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. Sorry. We're very sorry about that. Welcome
1: to our hell. Our hell. That you've also kind of been, you've been sitting in this ditch with us since 2016, too. And then you decided to
0: dig your way out of it. Just
1: welcome a little bit longer into the ditch that we're sitting in.
0: Let's go back to talking about Yeti's. Upon asking his father and grandfather about it, young Daniel's grandfather and father were like, don't worry, kid, this is obviously a Yeti. And he was like, yeah. what's a Yeti? And they were like, it's a wild man that lives in the mountains. Let's be real. That can describe so many so of us. Many, yeah. Could be literally. Could be Hoser. Probably. I don't think he lives in the mountains. He lives no, in a bog. We yeah,
1: but it could be he's he's taking a break from the bog and he's yeah, on he's vacation.
0: Like, he goes on a tropical vacation to a balmy mountaintop. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Could be. He's a yeti. We're starting that rumor. You heard it here first, Ho-Zer folks. Is a yeti. Yeah, you're welcome. He's a beautiful, beautiful yeti. Anyway... Unlike other normal kids with a passing interest in yetis, Daniel grew up to actually study an area of Nepal called the Burun Valley after the king of Nepal said it was the place most likely to house the yeti. Mm. There were a lot of amazing parts of that sentence. I love it. I read it so many times to be like, he met the actual king of Nepal and and then asked the king of Nepal to his face, where can I find a yeti? And the king of Nepal said, go over there. He's like, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Right here. And then he went there. And so once he was there, like, in the in the interview he did with National Geographic, he mm-hmm. described it as, like, when the king in Nepal tells you to go someplace, you go there. <laughs> and I'm like... Not right. I mean, not wrong. <laughs> I have no questions, I guess. Once there, Daniel found footprints and was convinced that a yeti had been through recently. But another person nearby, a local hunter, saw the same footprints and was like, that's just a tree bear, bro. Because that's where you get stuff, like... I don't think it's specifically sun bears, but that's where you get a lot of, oh, like, yeah. Asian species of bear, which do have, like, the longer foot and kind of look. I love sun bears. They're so cute. They're so cute. The They're- one at the National Zoo <laughs> is always being a lazy boy. He's I good. Love I love him. Anyway, Daniel continued searching, including participating in a D- he, like, basically, somebody did a DNA analysis of Yeti artifacts. He put mm-hmm. out a call for, like, all of the Yeti artifacts, and Daniel's like, I'm gonna keep an eye on this shit and see what comes about. And what the guy who studied the DNA found was that the DNA could not be explained by any known animal. Huh. It said, he said that it most closely resembled a polar bear, but there were DNA sequences that didn't match up with that of a polar bear, so it couldn't even be a polar bear in a weird part of the world. Whoa, mm. yeti's a real. But upon publishing this research, a bunch of doctoral students saw it, and they were like, all right, well, we'll sequence this DNA too. And they discovered that there was an error in the DNA yeah, profile. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: it seems like there's just an error in the DNA profile. Yeah,
0: and they were like, actually, this is 100% bear DNA. It's just incomplete sequence bear DNA. But it's still definitely a bear, definitely a bear, bro. And so Daniel was like, so anyway, now everybody's confused and doesn't believe in yetis. After 60 years of various studies, tests, and searching, Daniel has finally published his results in this book. And basically, what searching for the yeti has taught him is the importance of biodiversity and protecting it. Because, quote, ultimately, that is what the yeti is. And that's a beautiful thing. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, because he's like, you know, we're in this really remote part of the wilderness where he's yeah. like, this is like, true, true wilderness. You don't get a ton of people around. This yeah. is like a very remote area.
1: And so you get more biodiversity.
0: Exactly. And so it's you get the sense of like, we have to protect yeah, this shit because awesome. I'm seeing it. Yeah. So respect to Daniel Yeti Man. That's not his full name. Uh-huh. Uh, Daniel Taylor. Yeti Man. Yes. Friends call him Yeti Man, obvious obviously... Daniel the Yeti Man Taylor. Hey, Yeti Man, you bring that Natty Light bro? I'm so sorry for saying you drink Natty Light, Daniel. Please don't sue this podcast. We're so poor. I just had to buy a new car. (sighs) Anyway, are you ready for some other Yeti-flavored encounters? I am. Great. Yeti-flavored encounters. I don't know why I put that in my notes, but I was like, these are Yeti-flavored encounters. Mm -hmm. Mm, This is an ice lolly that tastes like a Yeti. It's a Yeti ice lolly. That's
1: how they pay their bills, apparently.
0: That doesn't even make sense. You don't even have currency. That sounds like lolly, UK. Anyway, in 1924 in Vancouver, British Columbia, known as the Couve to the cool kids. I hope somebody calls it the Couve. Anyway, Albert Ostman was searching for a lost gold mine. The mine was rumored to be near the Toba Inlet, and while locals had warned him that the area was primed for Yeti slash Sasquatch slash Big Feet, Osman said, that doesn't apply to me, la, 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 yeah. and kept searching for his lost gold mine. But over the course of his journey, something was stealing his food in the night. Oh. He's like, well, that's weird. And raccoon. When, <laughs> he's like, what a strange raccoon. I'm going to keep looking for this gold mine. Meanwhile, that raccoon is like, fuck yeah, fucking food. food. Um, nom, 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 nom. But then one night, Osman woke up to find a raccoon staring at him. The end. This isn't a Yeti incident. <laughs> about a raccoon now he woke up to find that something was carrying him in his sleeping bag oh i was half asleep and at first i did not remember where i was he said my first thought was it must be a snowslide. then it felt like i was tossed on horseback but i could feel whoever it was was walking now remember this is 1924 yeah i think this man was maybe just a little drunk and some people tried to like fuck with him yeah but he doubled down. After several hours of being carried, Osman was finally dropped to the ground where he heard odd noises that he said sounded like a chattering or almost like talking. Uh huh. But he waited until dawn to emerge from his sleeping bag because it's important to get your eight hours of sleep every night. Sure. Even when you're possibly being abducted. Yeah. You gotta get that baby sleep. sleep. So he emerges from his sleeping bag mm-hmm. and he finds. Four yetis had taken him hostage. Uh, He described them as a family unit consisting of one male adult, one female adult. Did you check their genitals? I have a joke about that, actually. One young male and one young female. My joke was, presumably he could tell because the female yetis had bows in their hair. Yeah, like, I mean... You don't know what yeti genitalia looks like? Or,
1: like, what... Am I... My idea about yetis are kind of like with, like, Chewbacca's.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, where, like, you don't know what's under there. They're, I... It, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, you're gonna go up at, like, you've been kidnapped Even, by yetis and your impulse is, what sort of like, junk do they have? Literally Come on, the man. only dis-
1: distinguishing factor between Yoda and Yaddle in the prequels are is this, that, like, Yaddle has a long braid. Like that was it. Yeah. So like the Yeti, mommy Yeti must have had like just Brains. really pretty hair. And then
0: baby Yeti had a had a she had a bow in her hair. Yeah. Yeah. And the the boy Yeti was being competitive and acting out like and being told. He was being told boy Yetis will be boy Yetis. I just don't understand. <laughs> it seems like we're projecting some 1924 gender nonsense on some fucking Yetis that are abducting this man. But sure, why not? Uh, he described all the creatures as being huge, except for the young female, again, who had the bow in her hair and had an ice lolly. And then he spent six full days just hanging out. <laughs> I mean, if they're not going to eat me, I understand that. I know, but like, wouldn't you assume they were going to eat you? I would. Like, if something like that kidnapped me, sorry to generalize about yetis, but like, if I crawl out my sleeping bag and they're all looking at me, I'm like, oh no, I'm dinner. Bye-bye. Mm. I'm not gonna hang out for six days and hope they're not gonna eat me. <laughs> but anyway, after six days, he was like, "I've had enough of this Yeti time." He fired his rifle into the air. That's right, he had a rifle the whole goddamn time. Ugh. Fires into the air, then runs off. Okay. And I love this story. I have so many questions. I'm like, I, what really happened to you? <laughs> I, uh,
1: I have questions. <laughs> like he must have. I just it just reminds me of like when Maggie Simpson lives with the bears. Yeah. You know, they didn't eat her. Yeah. And then... They have the, they have the, the, yeah, they
0: have the, the suckers. The suckers, yeah. yeah. The pacifiers. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he had a bunch of pacifiers and the yetis were into that. I don't know. I like to think that he was looking for this gold mine. Yeah. He got lost, and then his masculinity was so fragile he couldn't admit to getting lost. So then he was like, I got kidnapped. And they Bye were like, yetis. who fucking kidnapped you? Nobody lives out there. And then he was like, uh, it wasn't a human. Uh, it was a, uh, a, a yeti. Yeah, that's what got me. And then he just like doubled down. I was like, and they helped me for six days and we just hung out. Hanging with the bros. Hanging with the bros. Not hanging with the bros was Shu foodie who heard her daughter screaming on a May afternoon. And she came running. Her daughter had been seen to the family's cattle in the sparsely populated Chinese province they called home. I didn't write down the date of this one, but I believe it was in uh, the 1920s as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Shu was quick to arrive on the scene to see what happened. Yeah. That's when she saw her daughter struggling in the arms of a giant yeti. Uh. Xu, yikes! being a badass, grabbed a piece of wood and started hitting the yeti, which then was like, fuck this shit, I'm out, and tried to run off. But it ran through a paddy field, which oh. are notoriously very damp, and it got stuck in the mud. Oh. And that was when more women from the village swarmed in, and they beat the creature to death with a bunch of planks oh. of wood and then cut it into pieces just to make sure that it was fully dead. <laughs> the next day, strange mourful, mournful cries were heard from the nearby hill. Oh, no. You killed someone's family member. <laughs> Yeah, meanwhile, the guy who'd been kidnapped by yetis was like, oh, fuck, was it dad yeti or mom yeti? Because yetis live in nuclear family units. Oh, God. Anyway, in 1980, Austrian author and mountaineer Reinhold Messner became the first person to climb Everest without supplemental oxygen because ever since Sir Edmund Hillary did it, basically everybody's like, I want to be the first person to do something. Bet. His was supplemental oxygen. He also had climbed a bunch of other tall mountains and written a bunch of books about mountain climbing. Basically, he's the real fucking deal in terms of mountain climbing. In one of his books, he details that he for sure saw a Yeti in 1986 in eastern Tibet. The account I read of it said that it's within the first five pages of his book. Mm. So you can only imagine. You're like, I'm kind of into mountain climbing. I'm going to check this book out from the library. It's called That Time I Climbed This Tall Mountain by... Reinhold Messner, mountain climber, and you're like, great, this is gonna go great, and you're like four pages in, you're like, I can't wait till he gets to them. What the fuck? There's a yeti in this book? Anyway, Mm -hmm. he says that he saw the yeti from about thirty feet away, that it was seven feet tall, hairy, and extremely stinky. Which is rude. Could be Momo. For sure is Momo. But this is presumably in Tibet, so unless Momo's on vacation. Momo on vacation. Momo on vacation has to fart too. Just because you're on vacation or doesn't Momo's mean... Momo's cousin. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Momo's cousin. No-no. I can't think of anything better. Cause Wait, you said this is in Nepal? It's in Tibet. Tibet. Toto. There it is. There yeah, it is. Toto. He blesses the rains down in Africa, Momo's cousin. With farts. So anyway, so he says that... When he got kind of close to the creature, right around 30 feet, it also made a whistling noise. So unlike Momo, who makes a loud sound and then emits the stink, this one whistles and then emits the stink. So you could only imagine the digestive pyrotechnics going on where there's a whistling sound. Anyway. Oh, God. It was approaching nightfall, and there were no roads or people around. So Messner was concerned that the yeti might come back to see him that night. And he was like, "I don't love this." And sure enough, as soon as the sun went down, he did. He's like, "This is awkward." I snuck out. I was planning on ghosting, but now Toto is here. Like, "Hey, bro, what's happening?" So Messner freaked out. He raced away. Almost died at the hands of some large dogs that were hanging around. So, like, I don't know what the fuck part of Tibet he's in, but there are a lot of wild creatures that want to eat him. And, anyway, he ended up taking refuge in this old abandoned hut. And then the yeti left him alone. So the yeti was like, oh, he went inside. I'm like a vampire. I have to be invited. invited. Yeah. Can't touch him. Knock, knock. But Messner was hooked. He was like, I'm fucking in. I've seen this yeti twice now. Mm -hmm. Even though I wanted to ghost this one, I want to find other yetis. So he went back to try and find the same yeti. Mm Mm-hmm and he would listen to anyone who would tell him tales of abductions, attacks, and other encounters with the creature. He said that because he was alone on the numerous occasions he saw Yetis, because this wasn't the only time. He said Mm -hmm. basically every time he went, he found Yetis. No one believed he had seen it. Then he tried to take photos of one. He saw it. He had his camera. He's like, let's fucking do this. But during the printing process, he fucked up his film, and so none of the photos turned out.
1: Yeah, there was one story that I saw that was like... In 1994, someone from the Yeti Project Japan thought that they had found a cave belonging to a Yeti, but their camera froze up and, like, they couldn't use it. So. Oops.
0: Hmm. Messner kind of did that a second time. He used the my camera didn't work excuse. Yeah. His flash didn't go off. So he tried to take a photo, and got it developed. it's black rectangle. It's black, and people are like, I don't, what am I what looking, am I looking, looking at? at? Is this that one episode of season eight of Game of Thrones? Topical! And he's like, I don't know what that is. No, it's a Yeti. I guess my flash didn't go off.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Basically, Messner is the boy who cried Yeti. Nobody believes him now. They're just like, yeah, okay, you saw the Yeti. Sure. Fine, whatever. <laughs> sure, Messner. Sure, Messner. His name is Jan Messner. In 1986, Anthony Wooldridge got the photo, Messner never could, of a Yeti hanging out on a Himalayan peak. You guys remember when we proved in 1986 that Yetis are real, right?
1: I mean, all I'm imagining now is just, like, the Yeti on, like, a beach chair with, like, an umbrella. <laughs> There's, like, ch- like,
0: sun tanning on the mountain. He's got a glass of what Nintendo calls vacation juice. Yeah. He's got his little sunscreen, Screen. so he's, like, toasting his He's his, just his, hanging his out. Face. He's just having a great time. So a group of experts, and BigThink.com, where I got this particular story from, it doesn't specify if they're mountain experts or Yeti experts, so I have follow-up she questions. Experts. Just experts at something. yes hello i'm an expert baker i'd love to come on your yeti expedition oh interesting i'm an expert basket weaver let's do this (laughs) anyway they go on an expedition to the area where the photos were taken and they're like we're gonna find this fucking yeti we know he saw it here let's look around unfortunately they found that Wooldridge had had the wold pull over pulled over his eyes uh uh, spicy guys He had taken pictures of a rock outcropping that, from a distance, looked like something standing on the mountaintop. But it was just a bunch of rocks. It was just some rocks. That sucks. It does. Poor Wildridge. He was so excited, and he was like, yes, they're going to prove me right. And then they were like, how do you not guess if you squint? (laughs) Have you had your eyes checked recently? Have
1: you been to an optometrist? (laughs) He looks at the the
0: thing that has all the letters on it and just spells out Yeti. Yeah, Y, y- e-, e T I. Uh. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Tell me about Yeti, Sasha. So, um, I
1: still have some more trivia and then I'll talk about some pop culture things. So, Yay. the Nepalese and US governments actually have regulated Yeti hunting. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: We're so stupid. (laughs) We're so stupid.
1: So basically, there's three basic ground rules. A 1959 U.S. Embassy memo states that American citizens need special permits before they can go legally start tracking yetis inside Nepal.
0: Sorry, real quick, just throwing this out there. 1959 is the year that the Russians put Sputnik into space. And we're fucking regulating yeti hunties. We're really lucky we won the space race. Chekhov's gun, the Cold War. (laughs)
1: We're going to just check on on the
0: the whole war. (laughs) The whole Cold War onto the mantle. Yeah, like nervously watching Sputnik footage. They're like, oh my God, we got to top this. You guys, what are we going to do? And a guy in the back goes, I have an idea. And they're like, God damn it, Sam, if this is about the Yetis. And he's like, it's not about the the Yetis. it's about hunting them.
1: So the second basic rule is that photographs and live captures are are on the table, but <laughs> but actually killing them is a big no no unless is it's an it, emergency arising out of self defense.
0: Are they super endangered? Is that the logic, or is it just don't like, kill it? Don't kill it because we need to
1: figure father, out. Father, I love him. Well, more like father. What is he? <laughs>
0: and also, I love him.
1: Um, and then finally, if any evidence that turns up, including live specimens that are, like, found and captured must immediately be handed over to the Nepalese authorities. Okay. Jimmy Stewart's wife smuggled a Yeti finger. What?!
0: Jimmy Stewart? Like, my Jimmy Stewart? Like, rear window? Yeah. That is, guy. This is how we're different people. You say it's a wonderful life, I say so, rare window. <laughs> so, or, yeah. So, in
1: 1959, adventurer Peter Byrne visited the Himalayan Pangbosh Temple, where a severed Yeti's hand was said to reside. Okay. Carefully, because he's a terrible white person, removed one of its fingers and replaced <sighs> it with a human double he'd been given by... <laughs> british primatologist william osmond hill for this price uh, precise purpose i
0: have so many questions one where did the other guy get the finger
1: right so two
0: i'd like to give him the finger three you can tell a white person did not invent the phrase leave nothing but footprints Mm -hmm. because all we do is take 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 this is my finger now after making a (gasps) also is this guy jimmy stewart's wife hold on
1: after making a clean getaway Burns team sent the digit back to the UK with some help from an unlikely partner it turned out that Jimmy and Gloria Stewart were hunting in India at the time and would be stopping in London before heading home once Byrne paid them a visit, he convinced Gloria to slip the finger into her lingerie case, which Whoa. no which no customs official <laughs> would dare open.
0: <laughs> Sorry, slip the finger into someone's lingerie case is for sure a euphemism for something filthy. That's what this episode's called. <laughs> <laughs> slip the finger in a lingerie <laughs> case. Just kidding. Oh God, this is the X-rated spoop hour. I must. So, thanks uh-huh. to
1: the Stuarts, the finger safely made its way to Hill, and it's been stored at the Ro- Royal College of Surgeons ever since. Ultimately, however, Byrne's work was in vain. Geneticists recently concluded that his prized steal was a human finger after all. So he just replaced so just- <laughs> a human finger with
0: another human finger. We're so stupid, we you guys. We are so stupid. So, How did we win the space race? Right? Russia was like, we're gonna launch a fucking satellite. Fuck you guys and your stupid yeti shit. Um, <laughs>
1: so apparently Siberia is getting a yeti resort. Ooh, so complete, can we go? Complete with the museum and hotel. There's a Russian park that's currently in development as of when this Mental Floss article was written a few years ago.
0: Real talk, we're going to add a Patreon tier for $5,000, and it's, it's the send us to the Yeti resort tier. So,
1: visitors are encouraged to capture the elusive apes. Anyone who does so can expect the equivalent of over $30,000 from their regional
0: government. Sorry, that's it? Yeah. Like, if I, uh, like, uh, when we say catch a yeti, do we mean like I took a picture of a yeti or do we mean like here's my new best friend, I don't a live know. yeti but on the street? I will say
1: that this article also says that there's one estimate that contends that 200 yeti now reside in northern Russia. So
0: I have questions I about have the questions. scientific method <laughs> the number, used to ascertain was, that.
1: The number was put forth by Professor Valentine Sponov of the Russian State Hydra Meteorolo- Meteorological University in St. Petersburg. In September of 2014, a collection of yeti put footprint snapshots were sold for about 7,500 U.S. dollars. They were taken just by just for the footprints. They were ta- taken by Shipton. In night-
0: oh, yeah, that guy. Yep.
1: They were taken by Shipton, and those fla- photos are basically the, the just the, a set of footprints.
0: And They're the surgeon's photo. Yep. Of this tail. So surgeon's they were, photo Yeah. So they were sold for messing. about
1: 7,500 dollars. Damn. Basically, every single. Yeti hair specimen that's ever been found, there's about at least 30, have, you know, when they're like, oh, this is from a Yeti, this is from Sasquatch, this is from, you know, some kind a of Bigfoot. ape that doesn't, you know, we've never discovered. They've all basically been, like, debunked. They're all from, like, horses, bears, raccoons, and cows.
0: I feel like that's the same shit that we do with the Chupacabra when yeah. we're like, I got a Chupacabra, and it's like a raccoon that's balding in one spot. Yep. Yep.
1: In the winter of 2015, Boston apparently had a local eccentric who called themselves the Boston Yeti. They were seen roaming the s- snowy streets of the city, helping average citizens dig out their
0: cars. That's adorable. Isn't that, that is cute? not where I thought that sentence was yeah. going. And uh I like- thought I was going to end with and they menaced the city and like whipped their dick out or something, but like <laughs> Sorry, you tell me there's a local eccentric. I'm assuming somebody's dick is coming out. No, well, it just so that he helped them dig out their that's, cars. That's then. very good He helped them with his dick. Um, and then the Cold
1: so War. Gonna take that off the mantelpiece now. Oh, it's
0: so cold in here.
1: Nineteen. Um, it basically raised the stakes for yeti researchers. <laughs> Where in 1958, oh American and Soviet teams both embarked on organized hunts for the beasts, and it was an international race for the Yeti, said cryptozoologist Gerald Russell, who led the U.S. campaign.
0: So to be clear, we had a space race. But we also had a, a Yeti, Yeti Regatta, race. Yeah. Like,
1: for fuck's sake, you guys. Yeah. And I also went and looked for, like, where we have them in fiction. There's actually, or in, like, pop I would culture, argue
0: in the Cold War. <laughs> there's
1: an entire article on Wikipedia called Category Yeti in Fiction. <laughs> and it's 47 different Wikipedia pages all about yeti things. Oh. And Is then, one of
0: them Rudolph the red Nose Reindeer? But, He's technically the abominable snowman, but that's no, the same thing. No, but...
1: <gasps> But it might be classified somewhere else. Maybe like I just I might not be seeing it there. It wasn't under R. But like Monsters Inc was on there because they have oh they the, do yeah. 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 And then um, Expedition like Everest is on there. Hey! Daffy Duck's Quackbusters, um, sure. Abominable the twenty nineteen film.
0: Oh yeah, I really yeah. remember that. And I then there was that, that like yeah, it was a little foot. animated. Yeah, yeah, there was
1: Smallfoot. There was um, what was it? Missing Link. Yeah. yeah, as well. This year actually had a lot of big um, for, this Yeti. Was,
0: this was a big year for Yetis.
1: Yeah, why didn't we talk about Smallfoot or, yeah, there's Smallfoot.
0: I remember seeing a trailer for either Smallfoot or The Missing Link and texting it to you or yeah. Twittering it you. know at what you we should, should do? And being like, we should watch this, but then we, we should didn't. just have
1: a Yeti marathon at some point. Yeah. Just watch all three and have another episode. I love of it. this. And a blog called Henchmen for Hire <laughs> made a list of the six coolest abominable snowmen in pop culture. The first being the Abominable Snowman of Pasadena.
0: I know from where that is. Goosebumps. Sure. That's a very warm climate for an abominable snowman. Yeah, it was... Has Arnold uh, Stein been to Southern California? Basically,
1: it's from Alaska, and then Josh, a Teresa. couple of kids and their photographer find them froze, find this little abominable snowman frozen in a block of ice, so they cart him to Pasadena, and then... He melts. Yeah. He melts. Well, breaks out of the ice and uses his magic to, like, unfreeze the child because it was actually magical ice, and there's just... Wait, yeah. the child got frozen? Because of magical ice, yeah. Oh, okay. Don't, don't worry about it. It's okay. I have it's questions, just Are all side. <laughs> Monsters, Inc. Yay! Just, in generally, Abominable Snowman. Sure. Then they talked about Wendigo. Sure. And then there was someone named Hugo... Who is also Who's one, is? I guess he's from Looney Tunes. There was an abominable oh, snowman.
0: Oh, is that the, I will love him and squeeze him and call it's him, him George. George?
1: yes, that one. Okay, I okay. I love him and squeeze him and call him I didn't realize he yeah. was supposed to
0: be a yeti, I thought he was just a general monster. Yeah,
1: no, he is supposed to be a yeti and he's, like, referencing Of Mice and Men. Oh. Yeah, I will love him and squeeze him and call him George. Then George... why is his
0: name Hugo and not Lenny? I don't know. Checkmate Looney Tunes. <laughs>
1: um, and then their, their last one was the Bumble from Rudolph from Off the Red Nosed Reindeer. Love
0: the Bumble. One year for Christmas, I got my mom Bumble slippers. And so, when the other
1: day, I was Christmas shopping, and I guess two things happened. I went Christmas shopping, and I one. found this toy, and it was called Yeti and My Spaghetti. And then I went home, and I was wrapping Christmas presents, and I had Game Grumps on, I just let it autoplay, and it gave me a 10-minute power hour with like the little kid from... Stranger Things and like a couple Finn other Wolfhard. people. yeah, Finn Wolfhard and and um, Jacksepticeye and Dan from Game Grumps and some other guy. And they played Yeti and My Spaghetti. And I was like, whoa. So Yeti and My Spaghetti is a game of... <gasps> That's so it's cute. It's super cute, right? Basically, it's like pickup sticks oh. where there's all these little noodles that are made out of plastic and you put them across a Bowl, yeah, and then you put the Yeti on top of it, and each person takes turns pulling out a stick. And whoever drops the Yeti
0: loses. That's like, did you ever have the game Don't Break the Ice? Yeah, I don't think it's, it was a Yeti on that, but same no, it's it No, I think it was a pink one. Yeah, and you like but, tap the
1: yeah, and the, up. the tagline is Hey, get out of my bowl! No, he deserves it. Um, the t- commercial for Yeti and My Spaghetti is also really fucking hilarious. All right, I'm, I'm let's gonna play this. it for you guys so you guys can all hear it.
2: Get ready! Get it's Yeti and my spaghetti! Yeti and my spaghetti, don't let him fall. Yeti and my spaghetti,
0: now that's at close <laughs> <skull.
2: laughs> With Yeti and my spaghetti, you've got to use your noodle. If you're not in control, the Yeti will fall into the bowl. Yeti and my spaghetti, hey, it's a blast. Yeti and my spaghetti, don't roll it the Yeti and my spaghetti! <laughs> that's not bad! Yeti and my spaghetti, from Play Monster.
0: Oh, my God. So that's Yeti my and My Spaghetti. God. And so... I'm, when my niece gets old enough, I'm fucking getting her Yeti and My Spaghetti. Right? We're going to fucking play it. It looks
1: like so much fun. So Yeti and My Spaghetti is by this company called Playmonster, who also makes another game called Yeti Forgetty. <laughs> is this <laughs> company run by Yetis? Is this a Yeti I company? I don't know, but the Yeti and... Yeti Forgetty is like a hide-and-seek game where you put, like, different things underneath the cone. Okay. And you're trying to, like, do, like, a matching. You're trying to remember, like, which one has Okay, what. so it's,
0: like, it's like the matchy Yeah, it's, like, a game. matchy
1: thing. So it's called, it's, hey, where did that crab go? Because apparently there's also a little blue crab along with these three yetis. Because you
0: know what I think What I think
1: yetis is crabs. <laughs> so it's a fun hide-and-seek, me- hide-and-peak memory game. Hide the yetis and snow crabs under the igloos <laughs> and <laughs> snow switch crabs. them up. Uh, so no one knows which one is which. Draw cards and do what they say. Guess where a certain yeti is. Peek inside the igloo. Reveal a location or mix them up again. Try and remember where yetis are to collect cards, but don't accidentally locate the snow crab. You'll lose your cards. That snow crab's a dick. Yeah, find the player who collects the most cards wins. And so it's yeah, it's just called Yeti Forgetty, and oh, the yeah. other one is Yeti in My Spaghetti. But like the Yeti is generally the same. Like, He's so
0: cute. It's the same design. Same design. I and so I just
1: cannot believe that like there's just all of these yeti there's yeti and my spaghetti oh there's also another game called <gasps> yeti set go oh my god i can't believe i missed this one too and this one has the tagline is hey let's kick some meatballs <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's <laughs> let's a, kick some meatballs is going to be my mood going into so, 2020 this is now
1: from yeti and my spaghetti
2: comes yeti set go meatballs meatballs I see-
0: that little girl is amazing. So it's like reverse are Heavy Hair House. Yelly
2: said go. go is the game.
0: I wanna play go is the game. Wanna play
2: this fucking game. Yeah. Yeah. Getty set, getty set go.
0: Are all so, of their games about Yetis?
1: I, I wonder if all their game. It's called Play Monster. Are all their games about monsters? How have we not discovered them up to this that's point? That's what I'm saying. Oh, they have like little cars and stuff. That's not as cool. Like but yeah, like they have like a whole collection of Yeti toys. That's like all the same canonical Yetis.
2: <laughs>
0: so
1: There's a Yeti, yeti for- extended universe. So Yeti in my spaghetti, Yeti set go, and Yeti forgetty.
0: Is there one called Yeti or not here I come? There should be, and it should be like a hide and seek game or something. Well, well, they already have the hide and seek game, I guess in
1: Yeti or, or like, not. Or like, m- like, like an actual like you have to go hide the Yeti in the house.
0: Ooh, I like that. Also, it could be like guess who? Oh, Yeti or not? And so you're like trying to figure out like like a battleship so slash guess who crossover. Basically, we
1: need to like hit up Play Monster yeah. and say hey, we have some games to expand your Yeti universe. If
0: you guys know Play Monster. Please tell them about us and tell them we want in on like, the Yeti extended Universe. Like, these are,
1: it's a shop by brand, and like literally, Yeti is a
0: brand. <laughs> oh, Stratego! My brother and I yeah. used to play that one. It's not as cute as Yeti. But it says, Yeti then, is ready
1: to play. I play Monsters it. Yeti games are all about fun. Whether Yeti's balancing on a bowl of spaghetti or kicking some juicy meatballs up a snowy mountain with friends, these Yetis are all about being silly just so kids can have a good time. Who would imagine a Yeti in spaghetti or kicking a meatballs? It's unexpected and that's what makes it fun. The suspenseful game and exciting gameplay is simply a bonus. I
0: love it. And again, let's kick some meatballs is going to be me 2020. Let's kick some meatballs! Let's kick some goddamn meatballs. I
1: found a really cute video on YouTube of like two tiny British kids playing it and their dad recording it and it was the funniest
0: were they were they paying
1: an ice lollies no i think they were oh. just paid in fun and the,
0: <laughs> they're yeah. paid in fun in yeti games my god i just want to play those yeti games now like i'm really sad that i'm not playing so yeti yeah. set go because that one looked really fun i want to kick those meatballs i want to play i really want to play yeti and my spaghetti yeah so i think i was always bad at pickup sticks because I have meaty fingers, and I had meaty fingers as a child as well, so it's hard for me to pick up just one thing. Sounds like Patreon Bone Cone. It's us playing a Yeti game? Yes. Love it. Yeti Bone... Nope. Not Yeti Nom Nom. <laughs> God damn it, phone. Yeti Bone... Cho- what is wrong with you? Bone Cone... Yeti and my
1: spaghetti. spaghetti. <laughs> oh
0: man, I'm gonna go sit on Santa's lap, which is super inappropriate because I'm a grown ass woman, and I'm gonna ask him for Yeti set go. And if he goes, please get off my lap. You're a grown ass woman. I'm gonna kick him right in the meatballs.
1: <laughs> and that was spoof hour. <laughs> Find us on Twitter and Instagram as always at spoof hour. Email if you us. you played any of these Yeti games.
0: If you work for PlayMonster, if you're the person who designed the fucking Yeti, I am your biggest fan. That Yeti is so cute. He's so cute. Please email us. No Yeti. Oh, my God. I was just like, ugh. I do not regretting that Yeti. Mm-mm. I, I will never forget how father, cute that Yeti is. But, Father, I love him. He's a little Yeti. He's <laughs> little Yeti. a little Spaghetti. How did he get in there? How did he get in there? Hey, this is Danielle. And this is Sarah. We're the Mysterious Midwest Podcast. We'll be coming at you every Monday with the ookiest and the spookiest happenings in the Midwest. (laughs) From cryptids to hauntings and creatures that go bump in the night. Join us for a laugh and a drink while we talk about the strange and unusual. You can find us at MysteriousMidwestPod.com. And we're downloadable on wherever you listen to your podcast. We're also all over that social media. So you can find us on Facebook at Mysterious Midwest Podcast. Twitter at Myst Midwest. That's M-Y-S-T Midwest. And Instagram at Mysterious Midwest. That's it. That's it. Keep it spooky. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> What do you give a seasick yeti?
1: Um, Plenty
0: of room. What? Where are yetis found? The Himalayas? They're so big they're hardly ever lost. Uh, I don't think these jokes were written by children. No, I think... They were written for children by people who don't know what jokes are. Great news, there's more pages. Oh, God. What do you call a yeti in a phone box? I don't know. Stuck.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I, I, that one did it for me. <laughs> that that was, one that's, that's the that's bar. That's the okay. only one that did it for me.
0: This is almost something. Why was the abominable snowman's dog called Frost? I don't like the setup, but I like the punchline. I don't know why. Because Frost bites. Why, oh. does, why is the abominable snowman considering moving? I don't know why. Because Frost bites. Oh. Because it's cold. Yeah. Mm. Freezes off his giblets. Yeah. Do you want to just do popsackles? What's the difference between a Yeti's summer body and a winter body? The winter body has more popsackles? Yes. No, the summer body has more popsackles. popsackles I don't even know our own fucking joke. Where do abominable snowmen go to dance? The disco. (laughs) Two snowballs. That's also how many snowballs a it, what testicles oh oh, oh oh they they there. dance there's they, a testicle I feel joke.
1: like I feel like it should just be like at snowballs
0: yeah not two snowballs, two snowballs. yeah a lot of these I, what what is the abominable snowman's favorite book i don't know war and frozen peas
2: it's mm. a
0: long walk for a frozen peas pun yeah there's a third page <laughs> we're in it now we certainly are (laughs) what did the abominable snowman do after he had his teeth pulled out i don't know he ate the dentist also illogical because unless he just very aggressively gummed the dentist he's not gonna do anything he doesn't have teeth anymore i just i don't i don't this joke was on here twice Uh uh-oh what do you get if you cross an elephant with the abominable snowman i didn't read it the first time because it wasn't funny then and it's still not funny now Something with fur and big ears. No, a jumbo
1: yeti. A jumbo yeti. What was that? The, the one with
0: the kangaroo was, was a fur a coat, coat with, with big,
1: big pockets. pockets. Ugh. Yeah.
0: Ugh. Okay, this is okay. Yeah. Although, uh, eh. why did the abominable snowman send his father to Siberia? Banishment. <laughs> Ban- banishment. He said, You're not my real dad. <laughs> and <laughs> I learned from watching you. No, because he wanted frozen pop. It kind of works. I uh, yeah. I can see where I it would see, be funny. Yeah. Mm. It just isn't. But mm-hmm. I can see where it would be. Yeah. I feel like this only works if you're British because this is a UK site. Yeah. How does a yeti get to work? So I'm going to say it with a British accent because the pi- punchline doesn't work. On a trolley, lolly, <laughs> lolly trolley. <laughs> I like lolly trolley. <laughs> no, by icicle. By icicle. Because in America, icicle doesn't sound that much like. Bicycle? I guess it does. Yes it does. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so Bicycle I' Bicycle. Don't. Well, I don't know. I just wanted to do a British bicycle. Bicycle. It won't. Did you hear the joke about the fierce yeti? No. It'll make you roar. That's a lie. It won't. Ugh. What steps should you take if you see a dangerous yeti on your travels? Opposite direction. Very large ones. Very fun. Yeah. You're, on you're on the right track. <laughs> Where do you find wild yetis? Himalayas. <laughs> it depends where you left them. It's the same joke ah, but a slightly different punchline. And the last one. Are you already finished? Yes. This might be the best one. It's not. Uh oh. What does a yeti eat for dinner? Spaghetti. Ice burgers. No spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> All right you ready to do this for real? Yes. Welcome <laughs> to the end of the episode you guys. That's just a little insight into when we do our jokes. <laughs> no shout out to kidsjokes.co.uk. Fuck them. Unshout out.